Welcome to Manufacturing Matters, a podcast sponsored by Simsbury Bank. Hello again, I'm Martin Geitz, CEO of Simsbury Bank, and I'm delighted to be here back at the Innovation Partnership Building at UConn's Tech Park. Today we're going to focus on the undergraduate engineering program, and specifically the university's very successful senior design program. In earlier podcasts, we focused on the Connecticut's community colleges and uh, uh, technical high schools and the great job that they are doing to prepare people to work in manufacturing settings. Here at UConn, uh, UConn is focused on preparing people to help solve engineering problems and for companies as they build products and come up with new products. Joining me today are, is a team of engineers who have collaborated on solving a real-life business challenge that many manufacturers face at one time or another. I'd like to welcome Dr. Vito Moreno. He is a pr professor of mechanical engineering and senior design program lead for UConn's mechanical engineering department. Emily Sweeney is a senior here at the UConn School of Engineering and majoring in mechanical engineering. And Ken Osborne is the engineering manager at EDAC Technologies, a Connecticut-based engineering and manufacturing company. It's great to be back here at the UConn Tech Park in Stores, Connecticut to share more about the student expertise and experience here at the UConn School of Engineering. So why don't we kick it off, Vito. Perhaps you can provide a little bit of an overview on the senior design program, uh, what it's all about and how it developed and how it builds partnerships. Sure, I'd be glad to. Throughout the United States at any accredited engineering uh, school, uh, and certainly UConn is an accredited uh, uh, engineering school, uh, when students get to be seniors, uh, they're required to work on a what's called a design experience. It's an opportunity for them to try to bring together all the work they've done over the previous three years and try to apply their academic knowledge in the solution of a problem or a particular issue. Um, within the mechanical engineering department here at UConn, uh, what we do is we put teams of engineers together and we reach out to local companies throughout the state and actually throughout southern New England and have the students actually work on a real life, real world problem that's helping the specific companies. Mm -hmm. So we, we feel that that really not only meets the intent of, of the uh, ABET accreditation requirements for a project, but it gives them an opportunity to see what it's like to be working as a real engineer. They get to experience a lot of the things that engineers run into, the, the concept of how do you team with people, the, the value of communication, project management skills, how do you execute a long-term project, this course that Emily's involved in is a two-semester course, starting last August and be ending this May. So how do you plan the activities? How do you work with the customer-supplier relationship you have with the, with, the, with the customer? So these are all soft skills that engineering students need to learn as they're going to go progress out into the, uh, into the working community. So we think that the program provides a great opportunity to, uh, to be able to do that for the students. And, and they are key skills to be successful Absolutely. over the long run in your career. And uh, it's remarkable and, and, and laudable that UConn uh, has a program like this that provides the students with this sort of an opportunity. It's also uh, consistent with UConn's focus on helping small and medium-sized businesses Absolutely. with all the engineering resources that you have here to be successful and compete in the global economy. I'm curious, how many, uh, how many uh, small and medium-sized businesses participate in this program annually, do you think? Well, yeah, you know, as an example, this year we have, we have a large class this year. Uh, we have uh, over almost 180 students mm. in the class. Um, we have uh, 66 projects, wow. of wow. which uh, 60, 60, 62 of them are actually sponsored by local industries or government agencies. Mm -hmm. 
and we're reaching out to uh, over 40 companies this year. And over the course of the, I've been doing this for six years now, uh, we're well in excess of 200 companies that we've dealt, that we've dealt. And we deal with, you know, we deal with the large, large corporations as you might expect, but also reach out to the medium size and actually the small, sure. small companies to uh, provide help. That's great. That's great. And a great opportunity for you, Emily. And I'm curious, uh, maybe we start with a little background on you. How, how did you decide to uh, major in, uh, in mechanical engineering here so at UConn? I'll start with mechanical engineering. So I grew up in a household where my mom was a civil engineer and my dad was a self-employed carpenter. And so I really think mechanical engineering kind of came naturally out of that with, you know, the analytical skills my mom has with the ability to tackle kind of, I'll say, a technical problem with, you know, hands-on, a hands-on approach. Right, right. And so that kind of came naturally through just growing up um, in that kind of household. And then UConn also came somewhat um, just naturally because my grandfather used to teach here back in the day. Oh, <laughs> um, and both my parents graduated from here. So I grew up both appreciating UConn's education, also appreciating the, the school pride and the athletics here. Yeah, that's fantastic. The um, uh, it's great. It's a multi generational family tradition for you yeah, here at the school. That's that that's terrific. That's terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody in the family must be very proud of you. Very yeah. excited about your involvement here. Yeah, they're they're very excited. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, well, Ken, I, we understand that the project that Emily worked on uh, with EDAC uh, is um, uh, is with your company, and EDAC is a Connecticut-based company that manufactures precision-engineered solutions, uh, products that uh, for the aerospace industry. Uh, so you're part of the supply chain uh, supporting the aerospace industry uh, and, and that's really a global piece of expertise that, that we have here in Connecticut. Um, could you talk a little bit about what brought EDAC here to UConn and how your partnership with the senior design team uh, was able to provide the kind of engineering expertise that was outside of what your resources could uh, solve on your own? Well, this is not our first year partnering with UConn. Uh, this is my second round with the Yukon design team. Um, I don't know, maybe Vito can answer whether or not it's been going on farther than that. Yeah. Uh, what brought us back in particular was that last year the design team was three team members, three of which we offered jobs to, two of which we hired, wow. one of which works for me. Oh. <laughs> um, the, the success rate that we've had with the Yukon team, with, with, my, uh, with my interaction anyway, has been tremendous. Um, our problem that we had is not unique to our facility. It's not unique to our business. It's, it's, a, it's an enterprise-wide problem of how do you protect your parts once they're in the shop and how do you know where they are. So basically, we do that by uh, persuasion with Crowbar. We put everything in a unique box. We have lots of Excel spreadsheets. We know where everything is, but we're tracking it all down and maintaining its uh, its integrity basically by throwing manpower at it. Hmm. So the, the challenge is how do you remove that manpower aspect of it? Um, that is, uh, again, it's, it's not unique to us. We have um, three quotes out to professional companies, if you will engineering solution companies to solve this issue. Hmm. Um, none of their, um, I won't mention their names, but none of their solutions are any better 
and in many cases a little worse than what the team has come up with. Oh, wow. Which will bring us back to UConn getting it. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So your company manufactures many different sort of parts for the industry. Right. We, we have four facilities. The facility that I am in is major rotating components for jet engines. Mm -hmm. um, the Cheshire facility does not make major rotating. They make precision components. Um, we have a glass and berry facility that makes uh, engine cases. But each, each facility has a specific um, focus, if you will. Mm -hmm. Within my facility, there are two value streams. One of them is um, legacy engines, which is what my group does. Mm -hmm. My partner, Derek, is another engineering manager. He does more modern engines, wherein the, 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 the modern jet engine has a, um, I don't know how deep you want to get into it, but, oh, but the, the, the blades of the, of the discs of a modern engine are integrated into the disc themselves, huh. where my blades are built separately and installed as um, individual units. The savings on the integrated blade side is um, weight and uh, um, efficiency, wherein my side is perhaps a little easier to manufacture. Um, depends. We don't make the airfoil, so it's easy for me to say that. <laughs> uh, but the um, the facility that I am in is is all major rotating components for jet engines, both military and commercial. We have nothing to do with the Boeing crash. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, and, 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 and I think, as we all know, any any part that goes into an engine, it's got to have uh, great. Uh, precision and accuracy as to all matters because of the life that safety. Is correct. Right. Every, yeah. Nearly every every feature on the disc is a life limiting feature, yeah. uh, in particular if it has nonconformities to it. Of course, we don't design parts to have nonconformities if we don't manufacture for nonconformities. Um, but you can suffer a nonconformity in delivery of the part after it's loaded and packaged and it's on its way to the customer because the truck hits it, a bump. Mm -hmm. So the, the packaging and the, the handling of those parts throughout the machine shop is of paramount, paramount importance. Which brings us back to the project that the Yukon students worked on for you. Right. And um, so they came up with a, an elegant solution that was equal to or better than what everything suppliers that have, out there? Everything that our I'm going to call them professional. Our professional suppliers came up with is something that um, was relatively predictable and solved one of the problems that we proposed to the UConn team, mm -hmm. wherein they solved all of the problems. Mm. So, Remarkable. I'm not going to steal Emily's thunder and tell you what, <laughs> what the answers were. One last question then for you before we go back to Emily, Ken. So were, were there any other um, uh, byproducts of the work that the team did for you that uh, provided some help in, in, you know, other issues that you have as a company. There are, um, again, I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, we have a, a, uh, um, a wireless system installed in our machine shop that mm -hmm. we will need to improve upon in order to really facilitate the solution that they've come up with. And Emily can give you the ins and outs of that. However, if we improve that wireless um, compatibility, then it will open up new avenues for us. So that is something that we will propose when up to the people that are going to write the check for my side of the business. There you go. There you go. Well, that's a nice segue then to Emily. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about 
the challenge and uh, how your team uh, addressed it and solved it. So I think initially we got the project and as most teams can attest to, you don't quite know what they're looking for. <laughs> you kind of have to dig a little deeper. You have to meet with the company and really say, okay, what are your needs? What are the problems? And what deliverables are you expecting at the end of all of this? Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of helped us define a scope for the project, which as Vito can say, is, is always very important to start with a very clear scope at the beginning. And um, we kind of figured that they needed to better define a storage area with a better way of shelving the parts so that they were easy to find, that the machines that moved them could navigate in and out. And also then as we went even deeper, we found that really they needed some kind of trackability method beyond mm -hmm. just you know, Excel sheet with the part numbers in it. Mm -hmm. And that's when the team really delved deeper into finding out how can we use RFID or radio frequency identification to kind of up the ante, to kind of make mm -hmm. this a more connected project um, and to provide EDAC with a, a full overview of the parts throughout their entire life in the shop. So what that means is that when a part comes in, the box that it's put in will have a chip, and that chip can kind of be tracked um, all through the shop, almost think like find my iPhone. There's a little pinpoint, and I'll tell you exactly what part it is. You can click wow. on it. You can view more information about the part, where it is in the process step, where it's being stored, um, important information like that. And so I think that really opens the door to is further connectivity, as, as Ken was saying, and, and kind of figuring out when it's in a machine and introducing that aspect of, of RFID and, and communicating with the machine to uh, bring up programs that it needs to run or, or things like that. It really opens the door for a lot of, of um, big industry 4.0 um, mm -hmm. advancements in, in the future. It's remarkable. You also, you also integrated that in with a storage system, right? Yeah. The design of a storage system to yeah. make it more efficient, right? To be able to find things into yeah, exactly. And, and we also forgot, we also redesigned the boxes that they're using and moving away from the plywood that's currently being used to um, an ABS plastic, which is much safer for the parts, reduces um, foreign debris that, that enters in. And also um, sometimes metal chips can get stuck in the plywood, which then can mar the part. And as Ken said, any, any little imperfection can be, can be a big problem. Wow. Remarkable. How many people were on your team? Uh, three of us. That's great. That's great. And EDAC liked the solution, as you said earlier? Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. Yes. That's fantastic. And as every time the team came in, we found more and more applications um, to to go semi off track. For every part number that we make, we require anywhere from four to to probably ten different fixtures. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Tracking those fixtures throughout the shop can be difficult. Ideally, everything is going to be at point of use at each machine but we don't have enough storage. We don't have a large enough footprint to do that. So we have a shelving unit. And if you put a fixture back in a shelf that you're the only one that knows where it is with the RFID solution, everyone will know exactly where it is. You just punch up the one that you need and it'll, it'll take you right to it. Yeah. Um, we have spent too many man hours on fixture hunts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this really is an example of, you know, one of the tenets of Industry 4.0, which is that you're integrating information technology with manufacturing and with, you know, engineering, all of it together. This is this solution you all have come up with is really an example of that great leap forward, that transformation in, in the way manufacturing is occurring uh, uh, in, in the world and yeah. keeping us competitive in Connecticut. Yeah, and as Emily, Emily said, you know, initially when they we kicked off the project, they had a very 
uh, not a very detailed understanding of exactly yeah. what yeah. was what was required. So, you know, we try to help the students in terms of formulating. Hey, you need an approach. You need a plan. Well, in order to do that, you need to clearly understand what the requirements are. What is the sponsor thinking? Yeah. And don't be surprised if the sponsor somewhat changes his or her mind as you get begin to learn things because you know the perspective on the problem might change. But that's part of engineering, right? Right. Yeah. right. That's we, part of the engineering evolved. process, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. We evolved right. from the initial yeah. to yeah. the to the It final. was an evolution from yeah. the initial the initial project statement that Ken and I drafted sure. that yeah. the students first looked at actually changed over time as they both got more visibility into what priceful right. solutions were. But that's part of the engineering process. Yeah. Know? And that's what I think students come to appreciate as they're working through the problem. Yeah. That's great, that's great. Vito, could you talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, some other projects? This has been a, a, clearly a very successful project outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm curious, uh, are, is this pretty typical to what you see? Are there others you want to highlight? A couple well, others? we, you know, one of the exciting things about the program is we, you know, like I said, we reach out to companies uh, throughout the area. And, you know, we certainly, the larger companies like the United Technologies companies, Pratt and Whitney, Yotus, and so forth, the big supporters, Sikorsky, Lockheed Martin. But we also reach out to to many other companies in the in, in the state, uh, in, in various different industries, not just aerospace, mm -hmm. right? So ASML, which is a company in Wilton, Connecticut, which makes lithography machines that make computer chips. Mm. You know, we have companies that work. We have teams that work with them every year to try to improve their. The, the capability of the machines, right? But we also work with, uh, you know, a, a number of uh, aerospace manufacturers that, similar to EDAC. Yep. Uh, but we also have the smaller, um, you know, we reach out to the smaller mom and pop machine shop that, well, that, that needs some help. We're doing a redesign and a process for a company, uh, Chapman Manufacturing down in Durham, Connecticut, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that used to put in retention features on little uh, little uh, screwdriver uh, bits and so forth and this is their prime product and we're trying to improve their efficiency for it. Uh, we're doing a project this year with the city of Hartford to help uh, revitalize the clock tower, the Keeney clock tower and, and do that. Um, so it, it, the exciting piece of it is that they're all engineering problems, they all have different components to them but they're all opportunities for the students to kind of reach out and actually have an impact on the, on the companies. And as we work with companies what we you know, what I tell the company is, look, this is a two-semester two course. You know, I don't want your number one problem that you need a solution for in two weeks because that's probably not going to happen. What I'm right. looking for is the problem you haven't had a chance to maybe work on, maybe mm -hmm. you want to bring some fresh thinking to, which is what the students bring to, and we kind of evolve a solution over the course of the two semesters. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting from that standpoint. And Ken, you were obviously happy, happy with the outcome. What would you say to other, you know, small and mid-sized companies, uh, manufacturing companies in Connecticut about this program? Well, if the resource is available, by all means, take advantage, for sure. Yeah. Well, this has been two successes in a row, as far as I'm concerned. That's great. That's great. So, Emily, what is next for you? You've had a great education, clearly, here. Had a great uh, um, uh, experience with the, with the program here. What's next for you? Well, I'll, you know, obviously be graduating, which is exciting, and um, I plan on working in Connecticut, so I'm just looking forward to kind of setting my roots here, you know, mm -hmm. like I'll finally be earning a salary, I can get my own apartment, um, things like that, <laughs> which are obviously exciting, and I really, I truly do enjoy working and kind of applying everything I've learned to, to new problems, because that's kind of what excites me, like the, the challenge of that, and so I really look forward to, to continually working and, and manufacturing using, using everything I've learned in that. That's great. That's great. That's super. 
Um, Vito, the program is obviously very successful. Uh, is it, is it, uh, has it reached its maximum, or do you see it continuing to grow? Well, we, we, you know, we would like to grow. It's, it's dependent to a to, uh, large extent in terms of the numbers of students we have. Right now, my, our projection for next year is our class is going to be even bigger than Emily's class. So that would give us the opportunity to bring on more projects. Um, like I said, when I, when I started six years ago, we had uh, 40 projects with 125 students, and now we're up over 60 yeah. with, with more students. So, yeah, we, would, we like to grow. We like to reach out. Uh, we do also, uh, if the situation warrants itself, we'll reach out to one of the other departments within the school. There's seven other departments within the School of Engineering. So there are some projects where it makes sense to, to team mechanical engineering students with electrical and computer engineering students to work on a project. We have a number of projects like that. So that's another aspect where we can broaden the scope of the project and get a chance for them to work, again, with peers that are from different, different backgrounds, just give them more of a... Life, yep. life experience here, but, uh, but you know, we start our recruiting process for projects in June, so um, that's, uh, that's the way the cycle starts, you know, we use the summer to, to bring in all the projects, be ready for the students yeah. when we start in, start in August. And it's, it's a, you know, the companies, I think what a lot of companies see is, is not only um, the uh, ability to get some fresh thinking and the, the students' energy to bring to the project, it's a great recruiting tool, as Ken has pointed out. For, for many of the companies. It's also a great recruiting tool for the students because is they, even if they don't get offered a job from that specific project, when they go on a job interview, mm -hmm. one of the first things companies want to ask them about is your senior design experience because they do see it as a, as a real life experience. So we try to encourage the students to you know, vocalize that and talk about that. And, and I find many instances where students are hired by another company and they will, they will say to us that yeah, the senior design experience was a real positive aspect, you know, aspect of that. The other thing that the company um, that the companies get is access to the faculty, and also the resources here at UConn. Mm -hmm. So many, many of the small and intermediate-sized companies, they don't have, you know, they 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 don't have necessarily all the resources available to them. But through the program, you know, we can connect them up with other faculty members, or they get access to facilities like this to be able to do things. So that's a real positive benefit of them of the program from a manufacturing yeah. standpoint as well. So. That's terrific, that's terrific. So Simsbury Bank does business with uh, small and medium-sized manufacturing companies. As a community bank, we don't do business with Pratt & Whitney or with Electric right. Boat, but we do business with many of their suppliers. And uh, what I hear from our customers, uh, you know, fairly routinely is how uh, challenged they are to find uh, employees both for the factory floor, for the manufacturing floor, as well as folks who have the engineering skill to come and work and help solve those engineering problems. And uh, so what you've described here, I think today, is, is how the, the senior project really plays a key role in preparing folks to, students to uh, enter into the workforce. Yeah, and, and, and we've seen, you know, we've seen over the, the years, there's been increased interest by the students in manufacturing. We actually have as part of our curricular a, a concentration or a minor in manufacturing, design and manufacturing. Yeah. And many students, like Emily, are interested in that. And you know, my prior history was in the uh, experience was in the aerospace business, and I, um, as I talked to companies, I could see the the, the need. So I'm, I'm, you know, we're we're encouraging the students all the time that if you're a degree mechanical engineer with an interest in manufacturing, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for yeah. you, in this, you know, in the state here. So yeah, that's good to let them. You know, it's it's so 
the st students aren't necessarily aware of the economy right, quite the right, way right. we are as yeah, we age. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is really a great time in, yeah. in the state of Connecticut really to is. come out with the kind of degree that you have, Emily, and the kind of experience that you've had at UConn uh, yeah. because there's enormous demand yeah. among companies of all sizes who are in the manufacturing trade, which is terrific. Yeah, very good. Um, and it's remarkable what UConn is doing here to prepare you know, prepare folks like them, Emily, to be uh, part of that workforce. And I'm, uh, as we finish up, are there any uh, any things that we didn't touch on? Anything you wanted to add to the discussion here about either the program or what UConn is doing, the School of Engineering, to uh, have us continue to be a great place to have a company and build great products? Well, I, you know, I, I think uh, as as you said before, it's uh, you know, the, the mechanical engineering is one of uh, eight departments in the school. You know. At, at, the other departments do similar things. We happen to have probably the highest concentration of industrial of industrial content yeah. uh, in there. And uh, the feedback that we typically get back from our graduates is that this has been a good experience, it's been a good learning experience for them. It has really helped them as they started their career. So uh, we get, a, you know, I personally get a lot of satisfaction in helping students like that. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to, uh, to continue to, to grow that. So it's great. That's great. Well, thank all three of you for participating in our in our podcast today, and it is just remarkable to see how the UConn School of Engineering's uh, senior design program uh, has created a, a great opportunity to prepare students uh, to be great contributors to the companies that they join uh, and continue to make Connecticut a great place for manufacturing. Um, we hope to visit the UConn School of Engineering again soon and share more stories about what you all are doing here. Uh, and how it's helping the manufacturing economy here in Connecticut. Uh, so I think uh, thank all three of you, Ken and Emily and Vito, for joining uh, me today. I'm Martin Geitz, CEO of Simsbury Bank, and signing off again uh, till we meet again uh, from Simsbury Bank's Manufacturing Matters. <laughs>